0: well good morning everybody welcome to living hope we are glad that you're here whether you're joining us here in the room as many of you are or whether you're joining us online uh we thank you for worshiping with us today we like to begin with this greeting christians have been using for a long long time the lord be with you, also with you. thank you we believe that's true each and every sunday as we gather together uh we believe that god meets us here uh right in the reality that we live in whether it's uh whether it's beautiful outside or terrible outside, whether it's beautiful inside or terrible inside, wherever, whatever reality we are living in, that is where God meets us.
1: Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies he fills my life with good things and my youth is renewed like the eagles amen pray with me will you lord how precious is your name how powerful is your name how majestic is your name in all the earth Lord, I thank you for bringing us here this morning, gathering us together so that we can worship your name in all in one accord. I thank you for the opportunity to be with my friends and my family here, both in this room and online, as we worship you. Lord, I thank you for your mercies that are new every day. Lord, it doesn't matter what kind of a week we've had. It could have been a great week, We celebrate, we rejoice in that, Lord. We thank you for those blessings. It could have been a really crummy week, Lord. We celebrate, we worship you, and we thank you for your blessings. Father, I pray as we continue to worship with you here, worship you in all of your majesty, that you would be powerful among us. As we go into this week of thanksgiving, Lord, That you would be reminding us continuously of every blessing that we have especially lord when things don't seem to be going the way we want them to or they just seem to be going completely wrong help us to remember how richly blessed we truly are and in that gratefulness of heart lord that we will truly worship you Be with Pastor Rich as he brings us your word this morning. Lord, may we hear your voice in the words that he speaks. Bless our time together. May it be a a pleasant offering to you, Lord, a, a pleasing aroma. And for this, we give you all the praise and the glory, the blessing and the honor in your name. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Well, we're still going to wave. I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys are watching numbers, but we're still waving. So wave to someone across the room or at your table or the next table. And in the meantime, Pastor is right by, snuck up behind me.
0: So, <laughs> oh, thank you, Pastor Judy. And, uh, and thank you guys for leading us this morning. We really appreciate you using your gifts and sharing those with us. It's especially nice to see Annalie home from college and uh, playing and singing this morning. Awesome. I wondered, I hadn't asked, and so it was a pleasant surprise when I saw you, saw you in here this morning. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're in the room, then at some point, if you'd like to grab one of those little green cards back there by the offering box and let us know you're with us, share with us how we can pray for you, thank God with you, and drop it in there. Uh, along with any gift you might be given today, that's great. Uh, or you can do like all of us, uh, all the rest of us who have our phones in our pockets or in our hands, uh, or those of us who are watching online, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect, and you can uh, fill out a little digital connect card. Let us know how we can thank God with you, pray with you. Uh, let us know if there's some way that you'd like to get involved or, uh, or connect. Because that's what that's for right we don't want you just to feel like you just gotta sit and watch uh, whether you're sitting and watching here or sitting and watching at home uh, we want you to be able to plug in and connect with some of the opportunities to, to give to serve uh, to get to know each other so let us know if you'd like to do that or if we can be praying for you and uh, and of course you can give online as well uh, there's a there's a link to do that and one of the things you can still do is give to Habitat uh, we're just shy of seven thousand dollars right now and we're hoping for ten so um, but my real goal my real hope beyond any number. Like I mentioned last week, we already hit our goal. We were trying to raise $6,000. We've stretched it to 10, and all of that will get matched and doubled and then doubled again. But, um, but my hope, my real hope, is that each of us will participate, uh, that all of us who are here in this room, who are watching the service, that we'll go and at least drop a dollar in there. Maybe you just put a dollar in an envelope and write Habitat on it. Uh, maybe you go online and you hit the little drop down and you can give to Habitat. Whether it's a dollar or $10 or however much you're giving, um, I want all of us to share in the joy of knowing I helped build that house so that when you see the pictures or when you go to the celebration, when they, uh, when they open that house, when the family moves into that house, uh, so you can know I had a part in that. I helped provide this house for these neighbors uh, who had that need. So I want you to be able to share in that joy. So I want you to participate in this thing. All right? All right, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. And, uh, and I hope that all of you had a chance to grab your, uh, your book, your little Advent devotional book. If not, there are some more out there. Uh, you can grab it on the way out today. This will start next Sunday. So Advent is right around the corner. I mean, good grief, this week is Thanksgiving, and uh, and then Advent starts right then. So we've got some volunteers are gonna come and, and decorate this place. It'll look a little bit different next Sunday when you walk in. And uh, and thank you in advance to those of you who are going to come and do that. If uh, if you want to help with that, I think they could use a, an extra pair of hands. But um, but yeah. And then we're going to start in on this uh, this series. Come peasant king, um, and these daily devotionals connect right in with the messages. So we want you to get one of those if you haven't already. Again, they're right out there. If you're not with us in the room and you want one of those, obviously you can grab one next Sunday, uh, or give us a call, shoot us a note on that connect card, that digital connect card, or whatever. Let us know you'd like to stop by and get one. We'll arrange a time uh, to either have you come here or us come to you, uh, so that we can get one in your hands, uh, so that you can participate right along with everyone else. Um, and we still do have some openings that week of December 5th to 11th. If you want to help with the uh, the family promise week, where we'll be uh, sheltering at least one family, maybe two families with kids here at our church building that week. If you want to, especially if you want to stay the night, all right, you get to sleep. All right. You get to sleep on an air mattress. Uh, but if you, uh, if you want to bring a meal or if you want to come and, and just spend the night, we'd love to have you here, uh, so that we can provide shelter for at least one of the families here in our community that, that needs a place to be, uh, in out of the cold. Um, I should tell you about one other thing. that It's, it's mentioned on the front of your little uh, little handout there, and uh, I, we don't have the little printed thing out there yet. I just got the little poster for it. Uh, I was approached by a group that wanted to use our building on Wednesday, December 1st. That's World AIDS Day, and uh, that's not something that's on my radar screen very often, just to be honest. And so that's one reason I'm thankful that we're connected with each other and with the broader community, because we become aware of needs that uh, might not touch us as immediately or as personally. And um, and for World AIDS Day, they want to use our building that night for what they call a gospel explosion, all right? And, and hearing of the things that are going to be involved, it sounds like it will be a gospel explosion. So if you would like to be here, it's Wednesday, December 1st, 6, six to 8 uh, approximately. And uh, there's going to be some information about uh, living with HIV AIDS and, uh, and getting tested and those sorts of things, and uh, support that's available for people who are, um, who test positive. So if you would like to know more about that, or if you'd like to come and show up for this gospel explosion gonna be right here wednesday december 1st starting at six o'clock um the the little poster at the bottom says attire red so i guess you're supposed to wear red um i don't know if i own anything red but i think if you just show up that you'll it'll be okay all right um so that night obviously uh like normally on a wednesday night we'd have youth group going and a bible study happening and those things aren't happening this week because of thanksgiving uh, and everyone's kind of taking that week off and and um, find ways to be thankful and then that next week, December 1st, those two groups won't meet either on Wednesday night because we'll be, well, we'll be meeting. We'll just be in here. We'll be enjoying the, the gospel explosion. So, all right. Um, today, we're wrapping up the, the last of this little three-week series called Unstuck about getting good at generosity. And... uh just by way of reminder, this is not a twist-your-arm thing. You just, you just heard the most arm-twisting I ever do when I was trying to encourage all of you to participate in the Habitat thing. That's as rough as it gets around here, okay? So if you're like, whoa, that was an arm twist? Oh, well, I guess, okay, I guess it's okay. Because we don't believe in that kind of thing. We believe that God will guide you into what you should give. If you would just, you know, open your mind to Him, open your heart to Him, that this is something we get to do. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Giving is something we get to do. Generosity is not something we have to do. Uh, something that we're like... It's just a rule or something. If we don't check that box, God's going to be angry with us. Giving is something we get to do, and it does change us. I mean, it is something we all should be doing. We, we shouldn't just all consume everything for ourselves. Everything God blesses us with, we shouldn't just gobble up ourselves. We should be giving to others because that brings you joy, because it makes you a better person, because it, it, it helps you to experience the, the joy of life more fully. Um, I think, uh, what, what does it say in the Bible? It's more blessed to give than to receive, right? I don't have that verse in here, but it's, it's in there. Um, and I want you to enjoy that, that blessing, you know, just like I've enjoyed that, that blessing. Uh, or the way the Apostle Paul put it, as, as we looked at before, from Second Corinthians chapter 8, he says, since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love you, we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. He says this is an experience of God's grace flowing through us when we give to someone else, when we give to meet a need, when we give in a way that honors God and glorifies him in the world, that this is grace that we get to participate in. We experience God's grace and we get to share God's grace when we give. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? So, um, and a couple other verses that I just want to make sure we hit right up front because it helps us all have the right perspective on this thing. Um, a couple verses later in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he says to these, uh, these Christians in Corinth, last year you were the first not only to give but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means all right just emphasizing that again because i know sometimes we feel like oh i can't give what that person gives and oh there's going to be some billionaire is going to give all their stuff away and that'll really make a difference my little ten dollars here or four dollars here or whatever isn't going to really make a difference and he says look you'd give according to your means if the willingness is there the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to what one does not have you don't have to measure yourself by the dollar amount someone else is giving all right? You give according to what you have. Now, if you don't have very much, that means you won't be given very much, right? If you have a lot, that means you have an enormous opportunity to make a difference in the world. I, um, every now and then, uh, I, I listen to some podcasts, and I'm in some Facebook groups for people who are part of that uh, FIRE movement. Have you heard of that? The Financial Independence Retire Early movement? It's people who are trying to, instead of just saving a little bit, they save a lot. Like, they'll save like half of their income, and, uh, and they, they just make sure they don't uh, lifestyle inflation creep up on them, you know, they live like broke college students, you know, for their first 10 working years or whatever, and they sock away like half or more of their of their income so they can retire like in their 30s and stuff. It's crazy stuff. But it's interesting to me because it helps, uh, helps me think outside the box when it comes to financial stuff. And I just, in one of those Facebook groups this last week, a lot of them live very frugally. That's part of the way, one of the ways they're able to do that. One of the ways they're able to go sit on a beach or whatever they want to do with themselves after they retire early uh, is because they've kind of got their expenses way down low. But some of them uh, focus on the other side of things, and there was a guy in one of these Facebook groups who's like, look, uh, reaching that first million just wasn't that hard, I'm on my way to 10, and I'm trying to dream big about what I could do with my life, my wife and I are trying to think of the difference we wanna make, now that we've got all this time, we don't have to work for money, we could do something else, and he's aiming for like $100 million and kind of dreaming about what difference he could make in the world, starting a school, getting some inventions out there, He's just dreaming big, right? If you have a lot, you have an opportunity to make a very big impact, right? If you have a little, you have an opportunity to be a part of something big, right? Now, I, I don't think I'll ever have $100 million. I don't think that's ever going to be true of me, right? Um, I'm guessing most of us in this room will never have $100 million on our, on our little bank. If you do, that's that's exciting. You know, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, that means you have a huge responsibility, huge opportunity to give, because the gift is acceptable according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. So if you have managed to accumulate a lot, you can give a lot. If you've got a little, you can give a little, and it all is acceptable to God. It all makes a difference in your life and in the life of others. That's where, in in, uh, one of our key verses here from 2 Corinthians 9, he says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You, You decide. I don't decide what you give right, as your pastor. Uh, There's no no pastor, no priest, no person on TV that that decides for you what you give. The Bible says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, not because someone twisted your arm and compelled you to, for God loves a cheerful giver. And the next verse says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. We kind of underlined the so that's last week. He's saying, you know, this is why God blesses you abundantly. So that you'll have all you need and so you'll be able to abound in every good work. So that in those moments when you want to be generous, you'll be able to be. Because you've planned, you've you've arranged your finances in such a way that you haven't just spent it all on yourself. You haven't overcommitted yourself in terms of your house or your cars or all those other things that we spend money on. So that you've got extra that you can then help others with. That's why God blesses us abundantly. A few verses later, he says, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, because Paul's collecting a gift from them to then take to others, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's a nice thing to think about on Thanksgiving week uh, as we're leading into Thanksgiving. And, and many of us are going to sit in front of some food and maybe with some other people if we can and, uh, and we're going to give thanks to God this week. You're going to have some people that come to your mind who God has blessed your life with and you're going to thank God for them. And my hope for for you and for each of us is that somewhere out there, someone will be sitting in front of their stuffing or mashed potatoes or whatever, uh, their their pizza, their fried rice, whatever they're having for their Thanksgiving meal, and that they might be thanking God for you, for the difference you've made in their life, because you've been generous with your time, because you've been generous with your resources, because you, you went out of your way to care for someone, to love someone, to let God's grace flow through you. This is why God provides for us and blesses us abundantly and enriches us so that we can be generous and so that generosity results in thanksgiving to god now one of the things that sticks us we mentioned last week that gets us stuck uh is just our finances we get out of control we don't have a good way to manage them or whatever and i suggested this plan that i'd heard from someone else uh the 10 20 30 40 plan you got 100 percent of your income and you just kind of divide it up right the 10 percent you give to god to wherever you're going to give it and we'll talk about that in just a minute the twenty percent you save, ten for like short-term stuff, you gotta pay off a credit card, you gotta prepare for when the water heater you know goes out on your or you have a flat tire like one of you did this morning, or your car won't start like another one had this morning. So when those things happen, you've saved some. You've got some sitting in the bank that you're like not panicking, you're like, oh, okay, well, at least I've at least I've got the money set aside and because you've saved it. And then 10% for long-term, like retirement, like this is gonna you know keep me alive when I'm trying to exist on social security someday, right? So you give 10. You save 20, short-term and long-term. And then a good rule of thumb is that your housing should be maybe 30% of your income, right? And that's just in there to make sure you can kind of gauge like, oh, wow, I'm spending way too much on my rent or my mortgage or my, you know, the house I bought, it's a money pit, and poof, man, I'm spending half of my income on this. Maybe I need to make a change. And then 40% for everything else. And I put the word enjoy there. Somebody asked me that this week. They're like, 40% enjoy? Like, like I just get to below 40% of my income, you know, on, on whatever I want? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like, clothes and food and, you know, the things that you enjoy, you know, like the rest of life. It's, it's Some of it's necessities, yeah, but, but hopefully we enjoy it. That's what the Bible says in First Timothy chapter 6 as um, the Apostle Paul, again, now he's talking to Timothy, uh, who is leading this congregation that is a mix of rich and poor, and he, he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So this is one of the reasons that God provides us for, so we can enjoy the food that we eat, so we can enjoy the home that we live in, so we can enjoy the work that we do and the clothes we get to wear. I mean, God doesn't necessarily just want you to to suffer constantly, you know. We don't all have to live in cardboard boxes or whatever so that we can give, you know, 95% of our income away. He says, if God calls you to that, awesome, that's really cool. Um, Tell us about it so we can celebrate with you. He provides us with us for our enjoyment, but again, not so we can just consume it all ourselves. Because he's saying, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So God gives us this to enjoy, and so that we can be generous on every occasion, so we can be rich in good works, so that we can give like we want to give. And that's been my, my uh, mindset from the start for this little series, is that all of us in this room want to be generous we want to be able to give we want to be able to make a difference in the world we just get stuck sometimes right maybe we get stuck because our attitude is thinking it's like "Ah, that's something i've got to do and so that discourages us maybe we're stuck because our finances are kind of a mess and we need some help to get out of it oh by the way i just came across a great free resource with free coaching that thrivent does uh financial um that if you are financially in a mess let me know it's like an online thing where you get partnered up with a coach, and it sounds really cool. Um, so if you need some help, it may, might not be as intimidating as someone sitting at a table with you, you know, this is, this is through your screen, you know, but it's a real person that you schedule an appointment with who can walk you through uh, some really helpful stuff. All right, um, and sometimes we get stuck because we get overwhelmed by some things that we'll talk about in just a second, but uh, it's possible that for some of you, this, I didn't really spend a lot of time with this one, but um, right before those verses in First Timothy chapter 6, he reminds us that we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. This is, this is part of what's so great about Thanksgiving. I love this holiday because it reminds us to be grateful for what we have, for, to be grateful for what God's blessed us with. It, like it's like the anti-consumerism holiday, or at least it could be. It, it kind of kicks off the crazy consumerism of Black Friday and everything heading toward Christmas and all that, like spend, 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 and you need this, and, you know, your stuff isn't good enough. Throw it all away and buy all new stuff, you know. That's insane, right? But at least before that, we get this moment of saying, thank you, God, for the things you blessed me with. And maybe we can be content. Maybe we can avoid the craziness that comes after that. He says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Man, I don't think any of us want that, do we? I don't think any of us are like, I want to be pierced with many griefs. No, right? So let's Let's make sure we move toward contentment. Let's make sure we, we view the stuff that God's entrusted us with. You know, we didn't bring it with us. We're not going to take it with us when we go. You know, what do he say? We brought nothing into the world, can take nothing out of it. We're all going to leave it to somebody when we go. So let's go ahead and right now, while we've got it in our hands, while it's entrusted to us, let's, let's be responsible with it. Let's be generous with it. But I know from, from talking to some of you that the thing that has you stuck is none of those things. Uh, some of us just get kind of overwhelmed sometimes. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about on page two of this morning's message. We, some of us just get overwhelmed sometimes by the, um, by the need. Some of us, it's just the enormity of the need. We think, man, with all the hunger in the world, or with all the need in the world, how on earth can I make any difference? And that's when we start to hope those billionaires will give all their money away or whatever, you know, because I'm thinking my, my 10 bucks is not going to make a huge difference. What difference can I really make? And sometimes we can even get depressed and think, you know, that's just an insurmountable problem. It's just always going to be with us, right? And Jesus did say, you know, the poor will always be with you. But he said that in the context of saying you're always going to have opportunities to serve the poor. And the poor will always be welcome among you because of the kind of community you're going to be that shares what you have, that's generous toward the poor. He says you're always going to have opportunities to do this. but, But in that moment... People were honoring him, and and a uh, woman was pouring out some expensive perfume to honor him before his death and burial and his sacrifice. We are always going to have opportunities to give and to serve, but that doesn't mean the problem can't be touched. That doesn't mean that that people are just like there's just too big and we just shouldn't bother, right? Have you ever faced something that was so big you just thought, oh, I don't even want to start, you know, I don't even want to, I don't even try this project? It's Just for me, it's usually mess, right? My my, I'm a bit of a mess, a bit of a slob. Um, Stacy's nodding along Um, I I pile stuff up I don't put it away and then it becomes such a big mess that Stacy gets angry and she says clean this stuff up and I throw it all in a bag or a box and I hide it somewhere right Uh, because it's just overwhelming to try to deal with all the stuff right and sometimes we can get overwhelmed with some need and we think it's just too big what could I do to really address the, the homelessness issue in our community? What could I do to, to address all the people living without clean water in the world? What could I do to, to try to meet any of a number of needs, right? The need is so big. What difference can I make? What difference can anyone make? I just want to remind you real quick. Like, do you remember who, uh, who made this whole place? Who owns everything? The Bible says in numerous places, and I didn't put these in here. sorry. I was running out of room. The Bible says in numerous places, that, like just praising God, saying, God, it, it all belongs to you. God, you, you made it Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Yours is all of this, all the wealth, all the honor. Everything belongs to you, God. One verse says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And we've heard that one a whole bunch of times. Uh, that it all belongs to God. God has the resources to meet whatever need might be out there. There is no need, there's no problem that's too big for God, that God's just saying, oh man, if only I had what I needed to take care of this, right? God owns all of it, and he has entrusted a portion of it to each one of us. And so we have opportunities then to to let God's abundance flow through us to to meet needs. And yes, I might not be able to, to solve that whole problem by myself, but a whole bunch of us working together man we can make an impact right it's like the difference between like one little drop of water and like the tsunami that comes in and overwhelms and, you know i was just my boys just uh, one of the books that we were just reading with them recently was uh, about natural disasters and uh, volcanoes and earthquakes and mudslides and stuff and was like there was a picture of like all these trees that had been knocked over and cars that had been rolled over and yeah i don't know why we're do, you know showing them these things but um, they were into it so you know a little bit of water feel like oh that, that little drop isn't making a difference, right? But as any of you have had a leak in your home know, at some point that drop is joined by other drops. And that does make a difference. And uh and that can be overwhelming. So each of us we can we can each do our part and make a a bigger difference together. What a terrible analogy for the difference we can make together. Man, oh man. All right. Floods and disaster. Okay. In second Corinthians chapter eight this is one of those verses that we would looked at before. Um, Where he says, look, at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. So that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. I was thinking about this just like, okay, I might not be able to do anything about, like, the entire world hunger problem. But I might be able to feed one hungry person. You know, I might have just enough extra to make a difference for this one person. Or make a difference for this one person for this day. I might not be able to solve their whole problem, but I might be able to make this day better. Right? At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need. And so, in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. He's trying to say we, we each have something entrusted to us. If we each do our part, we can make a difference. Uh, it reminded me of what he said, uh, the Apostle Paul said in, in his earlier letter to the Corinthians, uh, where he said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God's been making it grow. It's like, I just, so I just do my part. I, I don't necessarily have to worry about, am I solving the whole problem? But I can do my, my little part toward making a difference, trusting that, that many of us working together and God, you know, leading the whole thing, that man, the work can get done. And so if you're overwhelmed by the size of the need and thinking my little bit can't make a difference, please know that it does. Please know that it does. So much of the, the good in the world is not done because some billionaire gave a whole bunch of money away or some millionaire started a foundation. So much of the good in the world is done by by small groups of people getting their resource together, getting their extra, and sharing it. Uh, that's what happens in churches around the world Every single day, every single week, and outside of churches as people gather their resources and share to meet needs. Uh, maybe you're overwhelmed by the number of needs and opportunities. This has overwhelmed me in the past, right? Where it's like, man, especially as we move toward Thanksgiving and toward the end of the year, if you might be getting things in the mail, you might be getting things shared on Facebook, but all these fundraisers, all these opportunities to give, all these needs that exist in the world. And it's like, man, how on earth? Which, where where do I give which one of these should I choose? I've, I've got this much to give and I can't you know I could give each of them like a penny, but that's not gonna help a whole lot. You know, should I do that? Should I just give every everybody a dollar should I focus my giving where, where should I give? There's so many different opportunities and sometimes again, it overwhelms us and we just we have trouble choosing anything uh, the um, Oh, what what branch of science is this that, that study this? Economics I guess. You know, that um, have you heard of like the, the paradox of choice or like that you get overwhelmed by choices? Like when they when they when you go to the grocery store and there's not just like one kind of jelly, there's like twenty kinds of jelly, right? Or whatever. Um, You'd think, oh, the more options, if there's more options, like we should just have a thousand kinds of jelly, and then everybody can get just the exact jelly they want, right? With the exact consistency and the flavor and the right stuff in it. And, and if you like jelly with mushrooms in it, go for it, you know, whatever. Um, you know, get the jelly you want. Um, sorry, that's another throwback to some goofy stuff my kids like to do. They don't like to eat it. They just, oh, sorry, all right, never mind. But the reality is, they found that when you have too many options, people are overwhelmed by it. And they don't choose anything, they can't make a choice. Because they're just too much and they just keep on going and so they've learned that people who are their job is to sell you stuff right they've learned okay we can just have like five varieties or whatever it is because then I can look at five and I can choose the one that I want you know if there's too many choices we're overwhelmed and our brains shut down and we can't handle it If there are fewer choices then then okay then it can make sense to us so how do we choose all the opportunities to give and all the all the needs that we could be meeting and I just I just gave some little ideas here. Uh, Obviously, you can give to God through the church. Um, A passage from Malachi that talks about giving to God, that when you give to God's temple, when you give to God's, we talked about this before with like, you don't got to do this necessarily. But, you know, but that is one way that we give to God is through the church, continuing his mission in the world. You can give to God through the needy. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about how when you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And people were surprised because you don't see that when you're doing it. You just think you're helping, you know, Jim over there or whoever. You know, you're like, oh, I was helping him. And Jesus says, oh, you were helping me when you did that. I received that as a gift given to me when you gave to help this neighbor of yours. So if there's a, if there's a need that's in front of you, you can give to that. If there's a church you're a part of, and you're all here, you can give to that, right? Or uh, there are other passages in the New Testament that talk about giving to what, to what feeds your soul, or to what, uh, if, if someone has helped you, then you, you help them, you know. And, and in those days, churches were just getting started, and they were like traveling missionaries and all that, and they were saying, look, if a missionary comes through and really shares something helpful with you, go ahead, support them financially, you know. So if there's something that, that feeds your soul and you want to support it, good, support that. Or give to what moves your heart. We talked about this last, last week a little bit with that parable of the Good Samaritan Jesus told. He was moved with compassion, and stopped and helped the man. And he had prepared, evidently, to be able to help him. That's what we were talking about last week. But what is it that moves your heart? What is it that, that grips you and grabs you and, and makes you want to weep? Nehemiah, chapter one, is a good example of that. He's an old testament dude, right? You can look back, to a whole book named after him. And he was living in exile. Uh, the people of Israel, their their kingdom had been destroyed, and he's living off in is it Babylon, I think? And uh, maybe it's Persia by that point. I'm trying to remember who was in charge at the time. And um, And he hears the news that back home, Jerusalem's walls are demolished. The city is just in ruins, and it breaks his heart. He's weeping about it. And he's got an inn with the king. And so chapter 2, you see, he's asking the king, hey, I'd like to go back and help rebuild the walls. And the king's like, sure, here's some money. Here's some stuff. Go do it, you know. So what is it that moves your heart? What is it that, that grips you, that brings you to tears? What is it that when you hear about that need, you think, oh, man, why doesn't somebody do something to help with that that might be god saying you need to do something to help with that and it might not be that you have all the resources yourself it might be that you need to partner with someone else like nehemiah partnered with the king there it might be that you need to find an organization that's doing that good work and you get to be a part of it you know again one drop in the rushing stream you get to be one person making a difference that's one reason why stacy and i have been given to world vision for the last i don't know I remember how many years now the last several years um because we heard about the clean water crisis, and we heard that there are communities out there where, um, man, the, the, the rate of uh, infant mortality, it's like it's a 50-50 chance that before your kids get to five that they're going to die. Of stupid diseases you get from not having clean water. You know, because there's illnesses in the, in the stream that's flowing down there, and that's the only source of water you have. And so people who walk for hours every day to get water, and they bring it back to their homes knowing this might kill my kids. And we were, we were told, you can make a difference. And every year when we walk or run in the 6K, they give us the, the bib that shows this child will get clean water because you did this. You know? And uh running the marathon with them, which we did, um, knowing that every $50 you raise is clean water for another person. like Man, that's motivating. It, it gripped our hearts. And this is before we had twin boys. Before, you know, we were thinking at the time, man, if we have kids someday, you know, if we have two, now we've got twins. It's, it's, they're five, they're about to turn six. I can't imagine living in a place where I just knew, like, one of these boys is, odds are one of these is not going to make it past five. Knowing that I can make a difference in that, man, that grabbed our hearts, right? So we give to it. And we sponsor kids through World Vision, and we keep doing the 6K, and I'm going to try to run the marathon this next year. Um, What grabs your heart? You know, what is it? These are some things that can help you to choose. Right? And to keep it from being overwhelming, this is this kind of goes with last week's thing about preparing and planning and all of that. I know for Stacy and I, what we found really helpful—we you know, were both raised in families that were tithers, right? We we just knew the first tenth goes to God. So the first tenth you give it, it goes to God through the church. That's how we were raised anyway. So so we have that still today. Uh, as we plan, we're getting close to the end of the year. So as uh, as we're finding out what we're gonna. Uh, make for income this coming year we put it on a little google sheet that we can both look at and we we've got all the income plugged in and we know we want to give 10 i don't remember what the exact it might be 10 12 percent, something like that that we give just straight to living hope uh it's it's 10 plus and then we have other things that we know we want to give to and then we just each have our own giving money to give to so over overall our giving is more than 10 percent, right um and some of that individual giving money ends up coming back to the church in some way or gets given to habitat or world vision or or some person that we bump into on the street that needs help but man we were just talking this last week just how fun that is just how just how how exciting is to know we have set aside money that we've got this we've budgeted for it we're not you know that's not money that's going to go to fix the windows that we had to spend money on or or whatever it might be this is money that's just to be given away and so as we have opportunities to bless people we do and uh, and that's fun so I would encourage you to kind of make a plan, and you have some of them that are, that are set, right? Some things you just know. I'm going to give this much to the church, or I'm going to give this much to this nonprofit. And you, you can set it up so easy now with so many of these groups. I, I know there's a couple different—oh, man, I should count them someday. There's, there are a few nonprofits that just—every just, we just every month there's, there's money that goes to them uh, from, our, from our account because we know we want to support them on a regular basis. We want them to know that they've got money coming in, that they don't have to worry about. That's one thing that's been a huge blessing for us here at Living Hope just as so many of you have adopted the online giving thing and just give automatically every month or every week or whatever, every two weeks, whatever it might be, that faithfulness, that steadiness of that helps the church to budget well, knowing like, well, we know that people are giving at least this much kind of on a regular basis. And, and yeah, they could change that at any time. Yeah, they could decide to, to lower that amount or stop giving or whatever, but that, that steadiness helps the organization and it helps you, frankly, when it comes to your own, your own planning. So I would suggest you kind of pre-decide, all right, this is what we want to give. And so there are going to be some things that you know automatically. I'm just going to give this. And then there are going to be other things that you just you have ready. So that when, you, when something grabs your heart or when something moves you, you've got resources there to be, to be generous. And yeah, there are always going to be things you have to say no to. There are, just, there are too many options. But that's where you talk to God and, 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 and he helps you to decide in your heart what to give, where, And you give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And sometimes we're overwhelmed, frankly, by fear and anxiety. We're wondering, will I have enough if I give some away? You know, will I still have enough for us? This is especially true when you're on the beginning end of this. Stacy and I don't face this as much now, right? Because we've been doing this for years, decades. Um, We're old, okay? Um, So we're used to this. But if you're just on the beginning end of this and you're like, man, I'm not used to giving away 10% of my income. That's ridiculous. I'm hoping to start with one, you know, or two or whatever it is. And it feels like a lot because you've not given anything before. It can be a scary thing. So I, I just have two questions that I've put there in your notes. And the first is, do I trust God? Do I trust God? And uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, uh, he's got a whole little section in his Sermon on the Mount there about worrying. And and, uh, will I have enough to eat? Will I have enough to drink? Will I have enough to wear? And he says, so don't worry. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He says, your heavenly Father knows your needs. He's not surprised by this, right? He is wanting to bless you abundantly. How, How did that go earlier? So that you can have all that you need. And uh, so, that at all, in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. He knows you have needs. He's going to help meet those needs as you trust Him, as you obey Him. You know, whatever it is that God's telling you to give, you just do that, right? And God will help you with the rest. Again, it's not because the pastor put some little 10, 20, 30, 40 thing out there. It's not because somebody tried to twist your arm. You listen to God, you give what God tells you to give. And if you trust him, he will provide for your needs. Or as we read just a little bit ago, right after that verse about God loving a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. If I just waited, it was right there, wasn't it? Oh, man. Okay. And the other question so, do I trust God? And I think that you do. If you're sitting here, I think that you do. It's just a challenge if this is a new way to trust God. And the other question is can God trust me? Can God trust me? He's entrusted this to me. Can he trust me to do with it what he tells me to do? In Luke chapter 16, uh, Jesus says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. He's just, he's telling a, he's just told a story about a manager who was, who was dishonest, but who was shrewd, And he kind of uses it as as an analogy for, you know, we have this opportunity in this world to to do something good with what's been entrusted to us that will make a difference that lasts beyond this lifetime. He says, if we can be trusted with with the little that God has entrusted to us, then he'll entrust us with the the true riches of heaven, he says. I've got to say, I've said this, I think, every week in this little series, I love how trustworthy you folks have been. With what god has entrusted to you i love how generous you are i love the generosity i see in this church it might be that this message series is not for most of you but it's for a friend of yours that is stuck that you've been having conversations with or i, I don't know but I, I love the ways that you guys have been faithful to give and and creative in ways to be generous um <clears throat> this last week when we had the opportunity to put together 200 little baggies of cookies to to help hilltop give away 200 meals um I would mentioned that, I think, like the week before or something, and um, can I, I, I didn't ask if I could tell the story about a, a daughter who got excited about that. Can I tell that story? Is it? Okay. She's saying yes. All right. So Sam Fisher back there was talking to her girls about that, and they got excited about and they wanted to make cookies. And they didn't just want to make cookies themselves. They rallied the, the neighborhood kids, and they, they got a little get-together and said, hey, guys, we can make them cookies. And they're going to give them away to people who, you know, give them meals. And they made a whole bunch of cookies together, right? Now, they could have just said, we want to do this. But they went and inspired generosity in others as well, right? And Sam helped inspire that generosity in her girls by, you know, I'm sure you kind of sparked that and stoked that fire a little bit, right? Yeah. So we I, I love examples like that. Um, I mentioned already the, the 6K. And a whole bunch of you don't just sign up and go walk the 6K and make a difference in the life of a kid, you invite your friends to do it. You invite your family to do it. You sign them up whether they ask for it or not. You know, you, you, uh, you get people to donate to you and uh, donate to kind of support you in this walk. And again, every $50 is another kid that gets clean water. And we've, we've supported, you know, hundreds of kids with clean water over the years through that. Uh, some of you have done like the matching fund thing where you're saying, hey, if people will get like for the habitat thing. If you'll give to this, we'll match up to this, this amount of money uh some of you have uh when it it comes to like getting creative with stuff i had somebody earlier this year say hey i just heard they're they're retired they got distributions that come out of their ira every year and uh he said i just heard that if i make that if i donate that ira distribution to the church i don't have to pay taxes on it and that means more money that is available to give or whatever i said well yeah i think that's right and so we i connected him with somebody He, he i gave him the information he needed to give to his people whatever and they the ira just sent a check to the church and instead of them giving uh, instead of them getting the distribution and then turning around and giving a portion of that to the church they just gave all that to the church and it, like covered their what they were going to give for the next several months you know so some of you guys do that kind of thing or you give uh stocks or mutual funds or whatever whatever your investments are and you realize like hey man if i sell these things i'm gonna have to pay capital gains tax on them but if you donate that to the church through either directly or through a donor-advised fund. Um, you get the full tax credit or whatever for the donation, and you don't have to pay any capital gains tax on it. Do you know that? We've done that before. Gave, gave to a donor-advised fund and then told the donor-advised fund, hey, give that money to the church. And they go, like, okay, and they write a check to the church. Uh, some of you uh, have written the church into your will. We just had, uh, man, a niece and nephew that lost a, uh, their grandfather uh, just in the last week and a half or so. And, um, you know, it's got us thinking again about, who man, it was unexpected. You know, like, man, what am I, what's, what's in my will? What's going to, it's got, I know it's got my parents like making their whole financial plan out, you know, like they're, they're thinking again about, okay, do we have everything put like we want and a trust and all the different things that you do with your money when you're thinking about, I'm getting close to the end of here. What, what are you going to do with that? You could leave money to the church, to other organizations, to whatever nonprofit. Some of you, you've, uh, you started out with that 10, 20, 30, 40 plan or something like that. And over time you've just bumped that giving number up. As you've been able to, to do that, bump your spending number down and your giving number up. Some of you, when you have extra money that comes in, and uh, unexpectedly, right, you decide, oh, you know what, I can just give that away. I didn't think that money was coming anyway. And you get this bonus, you get this whatever it is, and, uh, or, or you divide it in half. You're like, oh, you know what, we'll save half of that for some future need, and we'll give half of it away. Well, you split it in three, and you're like, you know, we're going to save some and give some, and we're going to splurge on some, you know, or spend this money. But instead of just spending it all, you... Find an opportunity. It's like, hey, this is like found money. We didn't know this was coming. Let's just bless others with it. You guys are all the time finding ways to be generous, getting creative, uh, to, to share in the joy of, of being used by God. And uh, it's a privilege to be your pastor. So thank you for letting me do this. Thank you for, uh, for listening so well to these messages. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where this goes. You know, like the, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are probably at least one or two of us in the room. that are like, you know, I've been kind of stuck. I've wanted to be more generous, but I hadn't thought about this or I hadn't thought about that. And and I'm trusting that this is connecting and that that you're saying, yeah, you know what? I think I am going to make a change. You know, this this week or this month or in this coming year, you're going to think a little bit differently about the stuff God's entrusted to you and the difference you could be making in the world. I'm also excited about moving into Advent this next Sunday and Thanksgiving this week. So we better go ahead and pray, celebrate communion together before we go. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for being so generous in your love toward us. As we prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving and for the Advent season, we are reminded of all the ways that you have blessed us and of the unbelievable gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, out of love for us, you have been so generous and so good. God, I pray that you'd help each of us to to have a picture in our minds of the... The difference we can make in the world, of how we can be a part of your good work by sharing what you have entrusted with us, with others, by giving of our time, by giving of our our energy and our abilities and our, our resources. We get to be a part of your work. We get to share in your joy. We get to be the cause for some to give thanks to you just like we give thanks to you for all of those who have invested in us, who have been generous toward us. Thank you, God. Thank you for inspiring us to think differently. Thank you for those who who, who do this well and who inspire us, who help us to think more creatively, who help us to get outside of our boxes, uh, to think about the, the difference we can make in the world. God, you're, you're the one who did that first. I mean, you're the one who crossed all sorts of boundaries, who... who did something very different in coming to us in your son, Jesus Christ. You weren't willing to to stay in the box. We tried to keep you in God. But you came right to us, right into our brokenness, right into our death, so that you could bring us life, so that you could bring us light, so you could bring us hope. And God, we are so grateful we celebrate your generous love today with this sacrament of communion we offer to you these little gifts of bread and juice and we pray that by your spirit's presence here we might meet our crucified and risen savior in his body and in his blood remembering the great price that you paid lord jesus you you gave that bread to your disciples said this is my body broken for you eat this in remembrance of me you gave them the cup and said this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. So today, God, we enter into this sacrament with hearts full of gratitude, remembering your love and offering you our whole selves, praying that by your Spirit's work in our lives, that we might be transformed into the body of Christ, that we might live in this world as your hands and feet, as your sons and daughters, as as conduits for your grace to flow through us in whatever generous ways you you want that to happen. Guide us, God. Give us wisdom. Give us joy. Give us peace. We thank you, God, that you don't um, condemn us for our many failings, for the times that we have been selfish, for the times that we have kept things for ourselves that you wanted us to share with others for the times that we have just participated in all the ugliness of sin. Thank you, God, that as we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just, and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are so good. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this fell bar is going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice and as we sing you're invited to come forward take bread from the basket dip it in the juice and eat it and then return to your seats Uh, it's open for all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today Uh, whether you've done this well or done this poorly up to this moment uh, that doesn't matter what matters is that God has shown his love for us in Jesus Christ and we get to with with grateful hearts say thank you God for your grace, and we get to receive that grace and let it transform our hearts and minds. So you can come forward for that if you'd like, or uh, you can remain at the tables. We've got the little cups there. But uh, again, let's celebrate God's amazing grace. We do give thanks to you, God, for the ways that you have blessed us, for the ways that you have showered your grace on us, for the new life that you give, and for the, the chance that we get to be a part of your work in the world. It is amazing, God thank you that we get to share in your joy as you answer people's prayers. This week, as we move into this Thanksgiving holiday, uh, would you help us, God, to see every good gift as something you have given, to give you thanks for it, to go out of our way, to to thank the people that have made a difference in our lives, to make sure they know how grateful we are for the ways that you have worked through them. And God, would you continue to move us to be a people that that your grace can flow through generously to people in need. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will the Lord bless you and keep you? The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.